You asked for people. Everyone was getting in touch with us and said, you need to put out an episode 45. And we've delivered. And we've delivered. That was one of the biggest requests. They're like, hey, if you go to 46, you know, we'd be disappointed. <laughs> Don't skip 45. Don't skip. We would never dream of it. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. We were, we were not skipping 45 back before it was cool. Right. So many other examples I could refer to of cool 45s. Yeah. Colt 45. Colt 45. Is that a beer and a gun? Yeah. Wow. I think it was a gun first. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. It's your favorite hosts of all idiom-related podcasts, Albert and Ryan. In the flesh. It's the opening of the show. If it's your first time listener, if you are. Yeah. We are a show that looks up idioms and old phrases, mm -hmm. and we find out where their origins come from. And some of them have some wacky stories, Got let me it. tell you. And how did you come up with this, anyway? This idea? Yeah. Well, we were on a road trip. You remember. Uh, yeah, we've already gone over this. Okay. <laughs> um, so we wanted to, uh, to kind of start off the show. We lost a really important person. Um, Especially in South Philly, uh, if you've ever been to Mr. Martino's, the uh, it's this classic Italian restaurant. Um, Mark, the owner, um, passed away a couple weeks ago, and he was such an amazing guy, and always gave us free Frangelico at the mm. end of our meals. That's how you could tell if he liked you or not. That is how you. That could was like tell. The, I remember I got my first one. I was like, I'm in. Had you been there before and he hadn't given it to you? I don't know. I think I got it my I, first I, time. Because I didn't get mine the first time. Right. Well, that was, you were like the first of any of us to go. We already That's had. That's true. You know, like now they're like, oh, friend of Ryan. Uh, yeah, 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 We got like an easier. You got us in. You know, Mark, you were a special person to a lot of people around here. And, you know, even I only knew him. I only met him a couple of times at the shop. But he he's one of those guys that makes you feel like he really is paying attention to you. You feel important. Like you're the only person in the room when he's talking to that's you. That's a good and, way to put it. And you know, I think that's why he was able to touch so many people, whether it was a long friendship or just, or just on your shoulder, times, that little sometimes, touch on the shoulder. Touch yeah. On the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mark, we're going to miss you. Everybody's going to miss you around here. Yeah, man. So, you know, eat that pasta up in the that sky pasta, the sky pasta. Um, we were at his memorial last night. It was at the restaurant at Mr. Martino's, and we ran into one of my friends, uh, Stephanie. And she's like, she saw us, and she's like, "I got, I got idiom, I got two idiom things for you, idiom stories." And right. I was like, "Wow, wow, 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 <laughs> wow!" My we're, my eyes nearly rolled out of my brain. We're out in public, and look what happens. We're getting recognized on the street by your friends. <laughs> Our friends see us, and they remember us by someone we know. Yeah. <laughs> But um, her, she had, I guess her whole life, she had kind of misunderstood two idioms. And one of them was, uh, she thought it was always to make ends meet, M-E-A-T. -E and I was like, that's great. Yeah. Oh, you said, I think yeah. I ever heard you tell her I, that. I have thought that too. Like, I thought that first when I was like a kid, like when the first thought that came to mind, I was like, oh, ends me. Sounds like, you know, because, and we had talked about it and, how, and we thought that it was like, you know, if you're using the ends of the meat, uh, you're in like, you're in a tough situation. Like you, you're yeah. trying, you're strapped for cash. and Right, because you're just getting the butt and like, the snout. Yeah, we're eating every last little bit to make it count because times are tough. That makes sense. That's, that, that's why I'd never heard anybody else think that. You call in if you have, if you, that's how you always heard it, either when you were a kid or even today. Make ends meet. If you're an M-E-A-T -E person. Uh, call, call in. And tell us your sad story about it. All right. Well, the phones are ringing off the hooks. Whoa. Really lighten up. And the other one was oh. bowl, bowl in a china shop. Right. So we know that it, the correct way to say it is we a bowl <laughs> in a china shop. You can imagine what kind of destruction that would be. Uh... But Steph thought that it was a bowl in a china shop. B-O-W-L. Like, like, ooh, like, look at this ugly bowl. Like, like yeah. why is a bowl in this really nice china shop? Yeah. I'll say, I've never heard that one either. I've definitely never heard that one. But I, I like the idea of it, how, 
you know, you have all this nice stuff around and that one ugly thing kind of ruins the whole thing. So it, that works too. Yeah. The way she explained it. They both, and this is how new idioms happen. You know Every I mean? day. Every single day. And we're here to snatch them up. And spit them out. Fry them on the pan. Need <laughs> mm. mm. some sizzle sound Fry, effects. Uh, Thank you. Fish words. <laughs> um, I also wanted, I wanted to shout out to my uncle Mike. That's who, it. That was the other one. Who, yeah, he's been listening in Pittsburgh, and he is just the man. So you know, I met him. He's cool. He's cool. So uh, actually, Albert and I have our monster road trip coming up. Yes, we do. Very soon. It's uh, July is upon us. So and we're going to need a place to crash, Uncle that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So Uncle Mike, you uh, know, you can put us up. We'll buy you some Iron Brew. Iron City mm. Brew. Is that what it's called? Oh, fuck. We can't mess that up. Is it Iron City Brew? I think it's Iron City Brew. That is a good beer. Right? Yes. That is a high quality beer, they call it. It is a cool name. And also, you know what else was uh, used to be from near Pittsburgh is Rolling Rock. Right. Which I'm drinking right now. How about them apples? They've still not sponsored us. No, they must. They probably have a lot of paperwork to go through first. They're building the biggest, best contract they've ever had to give. (laughs) They want it to be perfect so that we feel very inclined to say yes. It's big. It's bad. (laughs) It's a contract. We're going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. And we just, we love you guys so much. We want to see you succeed. Right. It takes time to put something like that together. (laughs) But so anyway, probably by the next, by episode 46 or 47, we might be um, Rolling Rock Presents Don't Be an Idiom. It's Iron City. Iron City. Yeah. Iron City beer is very cool label. Great beer. Uncle Mike is the Iron City of uncles. Yeah, he is. Yeah. In a way. I can see that. Um, What was I going to say? Rolling Rock Presents Don't Be an Idiom. That's our show. Maybe we should get in touch with Iron City and have them. Yeah. I feel like maybe not as many people are reaching out to them. Yes. For this kind of opportunity. And they're going to be like, we'd love to work with a couple of fellow Pittsburghians. And we're like, like, well, (laughs) you're not from Pittsburgh. My my mom's from Pittsburgh. Does that count for anything? Anyway, we have a lot of opportunities coming up, guys. Thank you for your support. Yeah, we're going to be very busy. Sorry if we don't get back to you. Counting money. You're counting all that yeah, money. Um, oh, we, we should switch seats. You got that? You got the noisy one again. Well, then you'll you'll have. The well, noisy but one. I can control. Oh, my oh, can <laughs> you? You can sit still. Oh, whoop de doo. No, I like this seat. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll I'll sit still. All right. So, what else should we? Uh, what else should we mention before we get into the uh, game? Today? I just want to say hi to my cousin Sam. I oh, can't believe hey. he's listening. That's so fun. And he was he actually wrote us a message saying he's like, "Where's my where's my episode this week?" And I was like, oh, Sam, you know, he's kind of a newer listener. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know that we actually put him out bi-weekly. And even if he did, even if he had heard that there were bi-weekly episodes, he could have been confused because bi-weekly means twice a week and every other week. Right. Something we've already gone over and it's very annoying. But then wouldn't he be saying, where's my two episodes this week? Me- okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we're not machines, We're not Sam. machines. But cousin, so much family talk today. Yeah. Hey, Cousin Sam. I don't hey. think we've ever met. If I met you, I was probably like uh, 14 when yeah, I met you. Yeah, totally. You've met Sammy. Yeah, that whole, the whole family. Uh, by the way, I joked with him that I want him to start playing. He does a lot of, like, he's a DJ. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of his gigs is to go and like do weddings, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, man, you got to sneak some Don't Be an Idiot originals in the wedding playlist. Wow, that would be a shock. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? If you got, if you got, um... So like a Rat King song at your wedding, yeah, yeah. Or that it just like you know during a slow dance, the John Wilkes Booth song comes on, right? <laughs> I don't know. I people could like it. Yeah. Hey, maybe when one of us gets married, we should just play only those songs. Maybe we should become wedding DJs with our sole purpose being to play our own our music. own weddings. Yeah. Yeah, our own weddings. Yeah, and then we could be like running back and forth to our. To the bride, and then in the show, and then we keep switching places. And we're like, "Hey, honey, great to see you. Uh, I'll be right back." <laughs> and then you have to go back to the stage. Yeah, that makes sense. But you got to put a lot of prosthetics on too, because obviously your wife would recognize you All in right, the so band. Fake teeth, unibrow, everything, big nose. Everything. Okay, yeah, it's doable. Um, 
Good. Great. Great work. Let's play the game. Okay, so, um, you know, this is actually an idiom history show, and uh, Albert and I don't know how to go, how to decide who goes first. So a game had to happen. Yeah. And so every episode, there's a new game, and uh, we're going to play it. What do you have for us today, Albert? I have what appears to be a wooden, tiny wooden um, pinball kind of kind of game. Mm-hmm. It's got these little pegs and then these slots at the bottom where uh, when you shoot the ball up, it comes down and then you could either get 10, 20, or 30 points. Just like a real pinball machine. Yeah. Uh, so there's four balls and Ryan's going to go first. 20. 20. 20. Ten. <laughs> That's 70 points. Okay, I got 70 points. I'm sure Albert's going to get 100,000 and 100,000, 25. I'm sure you're right. 20. Oh, oh, I, oh, we got stuck. I'm going to push it back down. 10. 10. Oh, oh wow. Oh, my uh, God. This is unexpected. Albert lost. <laughs> I think um, lost bad actually. Yeah, what did you get? I got a uh, fifty points. Oh, mama mia! Yikes! Three tens and a twenty. Dude, it's almost as bad as you could get. Last one jumps off the table. Oh my god! Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, um, it is. I think I've. I think of. Um, I think I've won two in a row. That might be my first time I've ever won two in a row. Wow, really? I don't know. It would take so long to go back and figure that out. We'll ask Bub. Are you taking the piss? What? Are you taking uh, the piss? Okay. I was going to say, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> am I taking a piss? Taking the, the piss. piss. Yeah. No, I don't think I am. That's my idiom for the day. There it is, folks. Taking the piss. Are you taking the piss? That's British, isn't it? It, it is British. I feel like I've heard that on some BBC stuff. Definitely have. Yeah. You've, you've heard it. Um, like on the young You've probably ones. only heard it on British yeah. uh, broadcasts. Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, what do I think it means? Yeah. Are you taking the piss? I feel like maybe you're exaggerating or lying. Mm, not quite. So it means to make fun of or laugh at. Oh. It's in the Oxford English Dictionary as well. I know you love the OED. I do. You got to pay for it. Which to I make fun of, to mock, deride, satirize. Yes. Make okay. fun of. So if you were like, oh, Ryan, <laughs> nice. I was like, I was like, are you taking the piss? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm you, idiot. Uh, oh, wow, cool. You know, there's a song that they say taking the piss in that I feel like I've been listening to forever. It's probably like, I don't know, Rancid or something, but they're not British. They're not British, but I could see them. They're so sex piss, pistols-esque yeah. that I could see them like pulling some some Britishisms. I can't remember, but there's a there's some band that, that says that in there, and I was like, what does it mean? Yeah. Now, well, now we know. Yeah, and I hope everyone, I hope people out there are like, I mean, like obviously, if you're if you're from the UK, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, everyone in those countries uses taking the piss, cool, as an idiom. So for all the American um, dipshits like me and Albert, yeah, if you haven't heard it, well, keep an ear out next time you watch, you know, like a British film or or a BBC thing, because um. It'll pop up. Yeah. Now that, you, now that you're aware. It's like soccer. We can't get it to take over here. Yeah. Or or calling soccer football. R- exactly. Which I'm fine with because I don't give a fuck about any of it. <laughs> we know. <laughs> you're so cool because you don't care about sports. All right. So <laughs> what's the uh, what's the uh, origin of this? If you, Albert's going to take a guess. He's going to guess what the origin of the... Yeah, this is part of the show. We try to guess piss. where it comes from. Taking the piss as a making fun of somebody. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean... Or to take the piss out of is also... That's like the verb form. Take the piss out of the vinegar. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess... 
I guess I just have to go kind of literal with the taking the piss. Okay. Something that comes from going to the bathroom. Going literal could be a very interesting origin story. Yeah, like um, maybe there was a guy. Oh my god, I have no idea. <laughs> I know. On. Go on with this. I want to hear. I want to hear more about this guy. <laughs> there was this guy, and he was a sleep pisser. Yeah, <laughs> so bedwetter. He would, no, no. He he bet he would sleepwalk to the bathroom and oh, pee. Oh, people do that. And then yeah, but he was fine. But he was yeah. asleep, he's asleep the whole time. Okay, sure. And his wife hated that. Like mm-hmm. she just fi- found it so obnoxious. She'd be like, like Bobby, Bobby, you're just you're walking all over the place. And then you know he he's asleep, so he's not ignoring. No, right. He's ignoring her. Right, right. Um, so that just burns her up, and uh, the the marriage is tested by this. Of course, stress. You know, yeah, too much sleepwalking. Yeah, sleep pissing. Sleep pissing. <laughs> too much sleep pissing to keep the um, the match lit. Uh huh. Yeah, and so they are struggling with this for a couple months now, and the the wife is at her wits' end with it all, mm-hmm. and. They're sitting down to a spaghetti dinner mm-hmm. and the kids are there. Everybody's kind of quiet. And then he's like, oh, hon, good, hon. good spaghetti here. And she's like, I can't take it anymore. And she's like, ah, oh, the sleep pissing. And it, it just, you know, throws, like flips the table. And is like, I want a divorce. Look, this is you. And she's like <laughs> pretending to piss like. Like, yeah. this is you every day. And then. And, oh, my God. She really lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, she leaves and, you know, the, the, the papers get a hold of it. Well, because big this, story. Because this was a long time ago and getting divorced was very scandalous. Quite. Yeah, you know? sure. And uh, so so she's like, I, I don't care. I, I got to get out of this marriage. Mm-hmm. And then the, the reporter's like, so I heard you have a problem with the way he sleep pisses. And she's yeah. like, yeah, it looks like this. <laughs> and then the cameraman's like. <laughs> and then it could say, you know, the headline could say like. Local woman, woman takes, takes a, a piss. piss on her husband and right. divorce. She's making fun of him. Exactly. exactly. Because of his sleep pissing. Exactly. And this yeah. is front page stuff. That could spread like wildfire. Because story people like that. won't get divorced. <laughs> right. Taking the piss. I can see it so clearly. The newspaper, the front page. <laughs> yeah. The, the front page of the Yorkshire Times or something. Yeah. Wow. Really good. Yeah. At first I was a little, I was a little scared. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, I don't know how well it plays, but at least it moved along. <laughs> <laughs> at least it ended. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, all right, taking taking the piss. It does have a uh, has a solid real origin that I'm okay. ha- I'm happy to share with, with you off your. Oh own. well, that's part of the show. So if you want to hear more? Let's do that. Okay, uh, just based on audience participate participation. Uh, do you want, do you want me to continue here? Do do I want you to continue? Oh, you want the audience. the audience? Should he go on, people? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you really want it. Mixed reviews. All right, now I like what I'm hearing. So I'm gonna open up with a quote from Bill Bryson. You've you've probably read some Bill Bryson. Bill Bryson. I don't know. Uh, a history of nearly everything. A brief history of nearly everything. Oh, I don't know. The Walk in the Woods book. Did you ever see that? But uh, <laughs> he spent a lot of time in Britain. <laughs> but he said wit, and particularly the dry, ironic, taking the piss sort of wit was complete, completely beyond them. Do you know that there isn't even an equivalent in American speech for taking the piss? Yet here in Britain, it is such a fundamental part of daily life that you scarcely notice it. Huh. So they must be just like slinging it around everywhere. But that, the fact that he said taking, the, we don't have an equivalent to it, taking the piss. Yeah, I guess not. Like, if, if like hey, are you fucking with me? Like, I yeah. feel like fucking with is kind of our, yeah. our equivalent. It's not very, as cool, but. It's very aggressive. It's a little aggressive. I feel like taking the piss could it just. I feel like you don't have to fight physically if you're saying that. Yeah, because you're just if you like, start like saying, hey, are you taking the piss? Yeah. Oh, you take the piss on me, eh? Are you taking the piss? I know. For some reason, I keep going to my. Uh, I just. It, <laughs> Joe fits, Pesci. <laughs> it fits so well with like the South Philly accent over yeah. here. Like, are you taking the piss? Like that thing? Yeah. 
but I gotta get into the British mood. Like, are you taking the piss? Well, it's because everybody here is actually just pissing all over the streets. Well, they're actually pissing everywhere. Um, I don't know. London on at midnight. There's a lot of pee in the streets, right? You know. Um, After midnight, we gonna let it all hang down. (laughs) Do you know that song? Um. Are these part of your notes? No. So there are other meanings to taking the piss. Uh, I just want to make sure we had all of them in mind. Sometimes refers to a form of mockery in which the mocker exaggerates the other person's characteristics. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like what you were doing. Yeah. You are doing that version of it. Um, could be used to refer to someone or something that makes a claim which is not in line with a recon- recognized agreement. So if it's like, you know, this, uh, uh, this said my hair would grow back 10 times more. And it was like, it actually made me more bald. I'd be like, is this, is this taking the piss? Yeah. You know? So that's kind of like, is that kind of like lying? Um, or like deceiving. Deceiving. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not clear. It's, it's, it seems clear until yeah. something. See, that kind of feels sort of close to my answer. My original meaning guess, I feel like I said was being like, yeah, yeah, you're right. right? It kind of yeah, fits yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. It does. It Although does now I can't remember exactly what I said. If it does fit into that definition. And if something consistently misses a deadline. So like, um, like, oh, I'll have it to you tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're, you're taking, taking the, the piss? piss? Yeah, like, because he's like, you never have it tomorrow. Right, right. Maybe something like that. So, um, all right. So the the background, like the, where this came from, um. This all is set in northeast of England. There's all these cliffs um, along the northeast of England. Cliffs of Moher? And, uh Not the Cliffs of Moher. That's Ireland. Mm. England, Ireland. Uh, so between, there's these like these two seaside villages, Ravenscar and Saltburn. Saltburn's in the north and Ravenscar's in the south. So a lot... That is so weird. I just listened to uh, like a podcast thing the other day and the title of it was Ravenscar. Really? I was like, what is that? Oh, And shit. I think it was about some like mental hospital that was oh, there. Oh, cool. But so weird because I'd never really heard well, of no, that. No, you never ever would. Before. I, I, yeah. It's a really small place. Yeah. Um, so between Ravenscar and Saltburn in the north all, along the, uh, the cliffs, there were 250 years of quarrying there um, hmm. uh, for alum. This is like something, you know, part like what's what's used to make aluminum. Oh, okay. Um, Aluminium. What is it? Uh, I feel like uh, aluminium. uh, Aluminium, they say, like English people say that. Oh, that sounds better. Aluminium. It sounds more, sounds more exotic. So exotic. Aluminum. Well, it's like how I've been trying to say simultaneously. Yeah, it's it's just like that. I did that in school the other day and I was like, I'm such an asshole. You got that right, Mr. P. Um, so, you know, after like over two centuries of, of uh, you know, people with, with pickaxes and, and buckets and just like, you know, messing it up, it looks, it, now it looks like like the, the moon, just like a mess with craters and scars. Interesting. And it's all gray now. Um, like but, everything else in London? Like, well, that's the sky, too, uh, I guess. Well, sure. And the buildings. <laughs> um <laughs> And the skin, of all the people. <laughs> and the meat, <laughs> and the meat. The meat's a little gray too. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, alum was was. Uh, I guess there were like these alum deposits there, and they were used to keep the colors on clothing. Huh. So, you know, at this time there would have been like a big industrialization boom, and you know, people would have been wanting flashier colors oh yeah so alum just kind of kept on going up in, in the need but then after 1870 uh they came up with new ways to do it and so that whole industry just kind of um stopped well but it was it seemed pretty hellish there'd have been like a lot of huge fires and it also would have smelled like urine whoa and that's where the piss is coming that's in. crazy now the reason it smelled like urine is because um they needed ammonia to able to be able to get the chemical compound that they needed. Uh-huh. They could only get it through the use of ammonia. And it was too complex. Like it was a very complex process. And they needed a lot of it. And the best source of it was the the piss of all of the local people. Oh my God. The- <laughs> they collected the town's piss. So 
people were encouraged to to like pee into buckets and leave their buckets outside to get picked up by oh like my god the company that are worked. you kidding me i'm not kidding that's insane <laughs> what a weird job precisely like such a bad job and at a town south of ravenscar called hull there they could not get enough ammonia they like even with all of these villages from miles around like donating their piss they still needed more so they put in like a public toilet in hull which is just another like place south of ravenscar and um everyone was was encouraged to pee in that and then it was it was used distinctly to bring back north what? to those cliffs to to continue with the uh, alum quarrying process wait if what if it was number two though does it filter well, dude, out i was the- totally thinking about like you're just leaving it to the public to do whatever they want with this 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 uh urine yeah. this, like collector hole and like people could just put anything in there or yeah just you know take it too but you know what i feel like you know what because they're English, like people are a little nicer, and you could trust them not to screw up stuff. I don't know. I feel you like definitely I, can't do it here. <laughs> could you imagine no. putting a free toilet in the middle of? <laughs> well, that's why there are no free toilets in South in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, and around Europe, you can't handle toilets. Around Europe, there's public toilets everywhere. Yeah, here you cannot find a public toilet because it, they, we simply cannot be trusted with them. No, we'll just be we'll burn them down. <laughs> yeah, they become somebody's home. If someone would just move in, I guess. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that collection point was actually not even still not enough. Um, in they would collect in London, all the way in London, and have it shipped up. Like sailors oh would bring it back. God. And Newcastle. Barrels of piss. So like weekly, there would be these huge barrel collections of urine, and then and it would be brought to Yorkshire. So your urine from poor people was considered better. Can you do you want to guess why? Because they ate more cabbage. <laughs> well, yeah, probably something like that. Like okay. they didn't have enough money to drink as often as wealthier people. Oh. So even in like people like right above, like impoverished, like would yeah. still just spend all probably all their paycheck on on like you know beers and stuff. Yeah. So poor people were considered to have the purest urine. It wasn't tainted by the alcohol. Oh my god! So they That's really were crazy. like, yeah, give me that poor person pee. <laughs> we're not gonna pay you more though. <laughs> We're not going to pay you. Actually, you're donating this for free. Oh, man. But at least your streets don't smell as bad, you know, because you're just slopping the buckets. Yeah. Oh, right. All of that. Ew. Um, so taking the piss was essentially a phrase that would be um, kind of aimed at the, the guys who worked the jobs of having to collect all the barrels from street corners. Because, like, people would watch them like, taking the piss taking and then guys piss. would be laughing. They're like, like hey, your job sucks. It's so funny that, um, you know, yeah, like, that you're going to get made fun of for carrying piss around. <laughs> at, at, in the, even in the few, if we evolved to some sort of very understanding race. Right. We're like aliens and then we're like, but he's still taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, always funny. And that guy who takes that job is probably like, it's good money, but man, yeah, it's a small it's not, town. It's not worth the derision. It's probably hard to get dates. Yeah. You want to be married before you take that job. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a minority married job for sure. Could you imagine somebody making like an old timey romance movie and the guy, like the lead is, he's the piss taker <laughs> guy. And then he's like, hey, Mary. And she's like, oh. <laughs> we should write that screenplay. Yes, we should. I like that idea. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, a thriving urine trade um, <laughs> led to uh, taking the piss. So crazy. I, I got a couple of fun facts. Okay. I'm done. All right. My first one is, uh, so Albert, he was the first to really bring Cockney to this show. Um, it might have been all the way back Woo-hoo. to like episode four, three or four or something. But um, so Cockney has its own version of it called Take the Mickey. Oh, okay. Instead of Taking the Piss. and. Uh, Albert's already talked to everyone about how like Cockney uses like Cockney rhyming, mm-hmm. and sometimes the new phrases take over the old phrases just because it like it rhymes, and then it makes less and less sense as it gets further removed from the original f- the phrase, right? Right, and Cockney is really interesting because it's it's created to be a secret language so that people outside of that area 
couldn't understand what you're saying, especially police officers. So they made it extra confusing on purpose. Yeah, because fuck the cops. Yes, of course, <laughs> fuck the cops. So Take the Mickey might have come from Take the Mickey Bliss, which rhymed with Take the Piss. Absolutely. But Mickey also might be a contraction of Mictorition, which is another word for urination. Oh, yeah. So Take the Mictorition would be basically take the piss, yeah. take the Mickey Bliss. Well, you know, like with Cockney, if you say um, you're going to take the apples and pears, that means the stairs. Right. Because So it's that, the rhyme, the Cockney's that like weird. It gets away from the, the main thing as much as it can. I love that. I love that too. We should really get fluent in Cockney. Fluent in Cockney. I wonder if there's a Duolingo for Cockney. <laughs> that would be great. There couldn't be. Also, I'd love a shirt that says fluent in Cockney. Uh, that would be good. <laughs> If anyone wants to send us a shirt, uh, preferably from England, uh, preferably from London, I guess. <laughs> one of the um, real nice shops. One of the no, no, no we want this to be no, no, kind no, of no, custom no, no, made. No, no, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, fluent in Cockney. Uh, just email us at don'tbeanidiom at gmail for our address, and we'll pay for shipping costs. I'll tell you what, we'll also learn to be fluent in Cockney if you get us the shirt. I would go through the effort of I'd go for it we'd never we'd, be accepted though you know like even being fluent in Cockney no. you know because we're not going to get accepted by no, them no no by no. the Cocknesians <laughs> but at least we can be proud proud of the Cocknesians and then we can go visit I mean, and just walk around and be like I know what you're saying <laughs> they're like get them boss <laughs> um uh, Albert and I are big fans of the Guy Ritchie film Snatch and it's in there a bunch of times but one is when Brick, when Turkish calls Bricktop to be like, "Yo, we can't, you yeah. can't use our uh, boxer." He's like, "He's like, um, are you taking the piss?" Yeah, dude. Bricktop says that. That's scary. And guy. later, when Bolt Tooth Tony shoots Boris the Blade, do you remember that? Like, he shoots him through the wall. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's still alive because yeah. he's so hard to kill. Yeah. Um, he shoots him two more times, walks away, and he's still alive. Yes. And he's like, "Don't take the piss, Boris." <laughs> that's crazy is that awesome that's very cool i love don't take the piss boris like don't you dare you know like, like he's insulted by him still being moving. alive yeah. yeah wow don't take the piss boris yeah like you're oh, what you're mocking me you want me to kill you more right <laughs> wow and um my last fun fact is uh it's a dubia monster connection oh. we got we got a little got a little bit of monster in this uh um, idiom. If you don't know, we do have a sideshow pod called Dubia Monster. Sideshow pod. It's great. Check out Dubia Monster. You can get it here for free. For free. Ad free. Ad free. But um, so in Runswick Bay, which is on those same cliffs where this t- took place, yeah. Um, there's some of these caves. I read that they were caused by the mining and, and the quarrying, but also saw that they could be caused from waves. Um, but within, the, they're called hobholes. Where Ooh, like hobgoblins? Where hobgoblins. Yes, yes, that's and great. At these particular hobholes, um, there's like in folklore, uh, parents would take their children who were afflicted with a whooping cough yeah. to the holes because apparently these hob hobgoblins could cure them of the whooping cough. It was like what? the one. It was the one good thing that they they did. I wonder what do you have to pay though. Um, well, there's there's something that you chant, right? Tob hole hob, my baron's got kink cough. Take it off, take it off. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Baron is just a word for child. Uh, that's fun. Hob hole hob, my baron's got kink cough. Take it <laughs> off, take it off. <laughs> oh man, does it? If work? anyone listening is hurt, like heard that before like this isn't new to you please let us know yeah that's very to new know that shocking, someone yeah. just is like oh yeah i grew up with that of I course grew, I, grew up, I grew up singing hob ho hob all, all, all the live long day i yeah. always had whooping cough i've always had whooping cough <laughs> the, the chant doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just take me to the doctors mom and dad <laughs> back to the hob hole I live there now. No one will hire me because I don't have whooping cough. That would be interesting if the hobgoblins were just, they they exist because kids with whooping cough were put in the holes and yes. eventually turned into hobgoblins. Yes. Be like, you can come back when you 
stop having whooping cough, but then they never get better. So then they turn into, yeah, like kind of golem. They like, yeah, they're yeah, always yeah, in the yeah, dark. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, that's good. That's another good movie idea. Two good movie ideas in yeah. one show. And uh, on a personal note, I had, a, when I was a kid, I was I had these recurring nightmares of something I called Jumping Jack, which always reminded me of like a little hobgoblin. Yeah. And I it, it drove me insane and it was horrible. But uh, my dad had me draw a picture of him. Right. On a piece of paper. And then he drew, or had me draw chains around his, his uh, arms and legs. Yeah. And then folded up put it in some box, wrapped it up with tape. And then he told me like, he's like, all right, now go upstairs. Like I'm going to put it somewhere. You're never going to find it. And then yeah. I never had a jumping jack dream. Again. Oh my God. Your dad is the man. <laughs> that is such good parenting. <laughs> and also very cool. Yeah. It's kind of like drop dead Fred. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that only that mom was mean. She, she took Fred from him and wrapped him in the jack in the box. Right. Terrible, but yes, you're right. It's like it's the same idea. So anyway, jumping jack, thanks, dad. Hobgoblin. No, wait. Did, you, the did piss. you nickname ju- jumping jack, it, it, or you was, just it, knew it, its name? It, it, I knew it. it. Uh, I knew it in the dream. Jack. It just was like, yeah. Um, That's he, crazy. He creeped me out. He was. He was like. He was like. You know, two feet or something. Yeah. And uh, it just haunted my dreams. He's just like, Ryan, Yeah, I can jump up to your height, yeah. Ryan. He wasn't particularly malicious. He just like creeped me out. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, he's just he's around like, all the Please time. Please save me. Don't ever chain me from your dreams. It's the only way I exist. What if he's like being tortured in eternity? This is hell. I'm starving. I know. I, should, I would ask my dad, but I, he wouldn't even remember it. He probably wouldn't even remember. Because I'd love to see maybe it is somewhere and I'd like to open it. But then what if you start, what if it unleashes him on the world? Yes. Mm. Not just you this time. Mm. Could be fun. Wow, this could be fun. I'll tell you what, if you ask your dad, make sure you record it. I want to see, I want to hear his response to all that. Yeah, okay. Well. And then make sure I'm there if he has it and I want to open up uh, again. Double whammy. Yeah. All right. Well, all anyway, right. that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we will be right back after this brief break. Welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. You're halfway through, more than halfway through. Well, unless I take really long. No. Which I do sometimes. Hey, sometimes you take a little bit. Of Not time. tonight. Um, so we're going to hear our second idiom now. And was it, was it going to say anything? Who's the song by? No. No. Whoops. No, no. Oh, I took some snuff. I did some snuff. You might remember that from Nothing to Sneeze At. And I, I just want to say that that whole idiom, nothing to sneeze at with the snuff, it is very difficult to not sneeze after snuff. Right. Well, you take too much. <laughs> you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Snuffleupagus. But you used to, they used to want to sneeze, to be jerks. You know, the Snuffleupagus, that's a Muppet, right? Yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. Snuffleupagus. He looks like a pile of snuff. He does. Anyway. Interesting. Okay, Jim. There's a connection there. Okay, Jim and Frank. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your idiom? Well, uh, my idiom is, uh, I just feel like you've been acting a little namby-pamby lately. Namby-pamby? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Okay, good. Because when I told my brother about it, he's like, I don't think anyone's going to know that one. <laughs> That's, well. But I have a very distinct memory of it. From when I was a kid. That's why I didn't know if you were familiar with it. Namby Pamby. Yeah. Uh, is it like Stop a, acting so Namby Pamby. 
Well, I was gonna first say like like wish wishy washy. I don't know, like yeah, actually that that um, that's kind of like a synonym, I would say. Yeah, uh, sort of like not or or like weak willed or yeah, I don't something like that. Yeah, what's the definition? Lacking energy, strength, or courage, feeble or effeminate in behavior or expression. It seems yeah, it seems like that. Yeah, nimbly wimbly. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're like. You're a wimp. You're wimpy. Mm, yeah. Stop crying, Namby Pamby. Namby Pamby. Yeah. What did I just say? Nimbly Wimbly? You did. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just making up another word. <laughs> no, I think I messed it up. You meant to say Namby Pamby. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Any idea where it came, comes from? <laughs> comes from? All right. I'm going to guess the or possible origin of Namby Pamby. Yeah. Not Nimbly Wimbly. So, um, Namby Pamby, uh, it, it got hot in the, uh, the sixties actually. And, um, you know, basically the boys are getting drafted Vietnam and a lot of guys had to go that had no interest in going and fighting in this war, Mm. but, uh, well, one one man named John Pam uh, got he got swept up in this, and he was he was what you would call an effeminate man. Yeah. Um, you know, for the sixty, even for the sixties, like obviously he wasn't like the hippies, the the anti-war protesters, but he wasn't like the 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 the, the preps, the socias. Right. You know, he was like in his own little thing. Right. And he was wearing pink sweaters comfortably and had, you know, the best wax in his hair. And he was really good at crocheting and he, like, just adored cute animals and things like that. Sure. But that was perfectly fine. That was just his personality. Nice that he was able to be comfortable. Back then, it might probably be pretty hard to be like that. He was oblivious. Oh, he's oblivious. He didn't even realize. He's so confident. No. And in the 60s, you know, uh, dressing in that way alternatively, that didn't go over well with a lot of people at the time. So, uh, anyway, John Pam got drafted and had to go to the forces. He's like, how do you hold this gun? (laughs) So, um, in his unit, uh, they were, they were on, you know, just, you know, going through the jungle. (laughs) So much junk in the jungle. (laughs) They were just trudging through the jungle and Pam (laughs) trudging through the jungle. Yes. And, um, Pam would be like, sleep. <laughs> sleep, you snake. <laughs> Pam would just be like, there's many leaves and uh, it's just all these snakes and leaves and shoo, shoo, shoo. And the rest of the guys, not all of them, but most of them were just like, Jesus Christ. And it was like, these socks are wet, <laughs> wet, wet, wet. <laughs> I, I wish can't stand at at at. I can't stand at. <laughs> Don't and, you think so, Alabama? And then he he mm. would he would he would trip and stumble, and he'd be like, "It's it hurt, hurt my knees and hurt, <laughs> all my elbows hurt here and here and here." And uh, they'd be like, "Just so just so nimble, you're nimble, and it, and and not in a good way, right? Because <laughs> well, nimble is good usually, Because right? cat can be nimble, yeah." All right, so never mind. Reverse. Yeah. And he would trip and stuff all the time. He'd always catch himself and do little cute little cartwheels Oh, like, and stuff. yeah, he'd come out of it really nicely. Yeah. And, and like, like, ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> and I they'd tripped. be miserable, um, you know, miserable, wounded, underfed, yeah. and like a bomb would go off, and it would just like blow everyone, and John Pan would just like, wee! And like, he would just like <laughs> spin in a perfect... Yeah, and just land on a log, arms out, like, ta-da. And, like, meanwhile, half these guys have no legs, <laughs> arms, or they're screaming, bloody, just, like, bloody murder in the middle of the jungle. Cheer up, boys. I know how to crochet. <laughs> <laughs> Sewing up the boys. <laughs> Sewing up the boys. <laughs> Sewing up the boys. How do you hold this gun? <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> so I can know, see how that would get annoying. It would. And like, you know, they would continue. Whoever survived had to continue on. And they would just be like, Pam, nimble Pam, nambly, Vietnam, Vietnam, nambly, pambly. And they would just... Yeah, you know. like kind of like when Ned Flanders is like going like, oh, like don't really yeah, like, like, exactly. like, kind of like it just kind of morphs into like an Amby Pamby. It's like John Pam, who's in Nam. He's nimble and nambly pambly. Yeah. Oh. And then, um, and then like you know, as he was, he was stuck in it until the very end. I mean, he didn't even get out like you know early. <laughs> he kept surviving and, um. He just never got wounded. And <laughs> like, look at all these medals. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, yeah. So that was that was. Uh, it it kind of became like a like a nickname that they would use for anyone who was like that. Totally. Like if if you also were, uh, you know, not not manly enough or whatever, right, not tough right, enough, right? They right, might call you like, oh, Name Pamby, right? Yeah, name. Yeah, Name Pamby. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Damn it. I keep in the <laughs> I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Uh, so I like that you went with a person. That's good because that's similar. This might, this does come from a real person. Okay. And I like that you went with it turning into like a derogatory nickname mm-hmm. because that kind of happened too. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. So this term comes from the English poet and playwright Ambrose Phillips, who lived from 1674 to 1749. That's a, that's a that good. was his lifespan. <laughs> wow! So, you what know, a you do the math. <laughs> yeah, you've got all the numbers you need. <laughs> Get back to us, and we'll let you know if you're right. All right. What else did Ambrose? Uh, so what happened here? So he got this really big gig where he was the tutor to George the First's grandchildren. Oh, that is a big gig. 1714. Yeah. All right. So this like advanced his place in society. He got into like the whip club, you know, like that's like a something back then. Mm-hmm. He was like a leader of some something, but you know, working directly for this, you know, Royal family, he was, he was, his life was getting better. Um, but he would write these, uh, poems that were, yeah. um, like overly sentimental. Oh. And overly complimentary about uh, about the grandchildren. Oh, too right to kind of be like, oh, look how much I love your Ew, your, your grandkids. Yeah. Like you, you bad need, move, you know, Ambrose. Right? Yeah. Right. So um, take it back a step. Apparently, within the within like the the kings and them seemed to like him, but the other poets despised him. Like real poets. Yeah. Because he would write in this um, like like a nursery language, like rhymy, timey yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, like, yeah. like that. Uh, you can't be taken seriously as a poet if you're doing no, that. No, no. Uh, so they, the other poets thought it was like he's pretty hack, you know? Yeah. And uh, in 1725, he wrote this poem called To the Honorable Miss, Miss Carteret. And here's just like a couple, an idea of like some of the lines from it. Bloom of beauty, early flower, or the blissful bridal bower. Thou thy parents' pride and care, fairest offspring of the fair. So just kind of very... Rhyming like, couplets. Yeah, that kind of super stuff. Super yeah. exciting. So the other poets, they had... They, here's who we had. We had Henry Carey, John Gay, Alexander Pope, and Jonathan Swift. Well, some big names in there. Yeah, so they would all hang out and be like... Yeah, yeah we, we met Ambrose. Ambrose. It was like a sellout. I think yeah. they really... He just was like a pretty much a sellout, yeah. right? So uh, they came up with they used his kind of nursery rhyming Style, stuff yeah. to give him the nickname Namby Pamby. Cause they rhyme. Yeah. Ah. Uh, like, like something that he would create in his own works, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in 1725, Carrie writes the poem Namby Pamby. And it's the first poem about Ambrose. Yeah. Philip. Yeah. Is it Phillips? Um, Ambrose Phillips. Yeah. Okay. So he actually <laughs> makes that the title of, of this poem and he, and it's all about making fun of this guy. Yeah. So I'm just going to read you a little bit of it. All ye poets of the age, all ye whittlings of the stage, Namby Pamby is your guide, Albion's joy, Hibernia's pride, Namby Pamby, pilly piss, rhymy pimmed on missy miss, tartaretta tartaree, from the navel to the knee, that her father's gracie grace might give him a placey place. 
Well, there's a really it's there's a lot of alliteration and assonance yeah. in there, and um, the rhyme. Yes. Yeah. So what they're doing is they are making fun of him right. with his it's, own style. Yeah. That's like they're being which like over, which is ridiculous. light and bouncy. Yeah. Yeah. But they're kind of like taking it to, like they're they're like really just like kind of trashing the way he. Yeah, I get Talks, it. you know. Yeah, it's like if you're like doing a Bob Dylan cover, you're like, what am I singing about? And Bob Dylan's like, that's not very funny. <laughs> I don't even remember the regular words of those songs. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I do think he forgets sometimes. Uh, so, so that's where it all starts, right? And that became pretty popular uh, because people read, I guess, scrolls with that poem written on it. Good scroll, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, did you get the latest scroll? So um, then uh, later, the term namby-pamby goes on to mean any style of ineffectual writing. Okay. So you could be like, oh, this is just really namby pamby verses you got here. Right. So it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just like not very good. Right. Little infantile. Of course. Right? That makes sense. Yeah, right? Yes, with, okay. the, with, with the silly rhyming and yeah. the, the nonsensical words. Yeah. Uh, then there was this book, Memoirs of the Life and Writings of Alexander Pope. Now, oh, he was one of sure. the... He was one of the yeah, poets the, that was like they, they was hanging like, at the bar like, saying yeah, they hate Ambrose. We gotta get them. Yeah. So uh, there was a line in here that says he used to write verses on infants in a strange style, which Dean Swift calls the Namby Pamby style. So that's you know that's now that's where it becomes that's cool. So like style. Yeah, I like that. So the the poem is written by by one of the guys, and then Pope mentions it in his own works. Mm-hmm. Swift was the one who like dropped it on the table. They're probably drinking, and he's like Namby Pamby, and they're all yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And I, so yeah. I like how it's a real good friend thing. Like yeah. all these guys really contributed to making it a lasting yeah. uh, phrase. It really is. Now that you think, it's just it's so funny to think about. Like these poets, they were bigger named poets and had sway in society mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And they were just like, let's trash this guy. It's ridiculous what he's doing. What he's getting like, away with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's just going up the corporate ladder yeah. and we're down here eating pennies. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, so it is, it is cool. Like, because and and there are others of these guys wrote things referencing sure. referencing this and and teasing him and stuff. So it's like, could you imagine being like being in a town that has six poets and <laughs> and you're the one that they all hate? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, guys, oh, come on! No, 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 go back to King George. Are you George, telling whatever. me you wouldn't do it? <laughs> no, you suck, dude. I have a pillow. You're a sellout. I have a pillow now. <laughs> they all because they all sleep on hay. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so. Then, okay, there's this one part that I thought was kind of interesting that I, I found this this uh, quote here that says that Phillips is said to have threatened to hit Pope with a rod that he kept hung at the Buttons Coffee House That's just for that. Awesome. Yeah, just like he, like, I guess it, it reminds me of Frasier. I know I've been on a Frasier kick, but like, I just imagine <laughs> all these characters coming in and out of Buttons Coffee House, yeah. right? And Ambrose uh, Phillips is like, I'm going to keep this rod hung right here now remember i i I teach the royal grandchildren yeah so this rod is is not a problem right (laughs) we're not gonna have a problem are we dude i that is amazing i love that rod i love that rod so next year that next year albert and i are going we want to do an idiom in england road trip hell yes or or it could really be all of britain but like and we're gonna do. We're gonna go all hot spots where there's English references to idioms, yes. and we should go to Buttons Coffeehouse or at least I'm sure wherever it was. Yeah, it's still there in some yeah. form because they still have a lot of old buildings we, and taverns. We gotta go to that button shop and touch that rod. We're gonna touch the rod. <laughs> I that would be that would be such an amazing piece of little history mm-hmm. to keep there, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he threatened to hit him with the rod. It's like the Winchester. In uh, Shaun of Dead. Yes, yes. Winchester, uh, mm-hmm. the mystery mansion. It's haunted. Remember? Remember mm. we went out there? Oh, right. That mystery lady mansion. built that house forever so that the ghost wouldn't get her. That's such a cool story. That is a cool story. Uh, right, what else did we you got do that us? officially in any way on this show? No. I feel like that's what, so, there's the, some idiom there's no that's in there. Is there? I'd have to think about it. All right. Okay. Uh, is that all? No, of course not. So 
Anyway, the term then also turns into a general disparagement for anything that is weak or ineffectual. Mm -hmm. So it just becomes kind of like if it doesn't now it goes from writing to just anything. Yeah, yeah. Like that's an ambi pamby chair. That's ineffectual writing. You're an ineffectual man. Yes. Whew, tell me about it. <laughs> and boy, Get am in line I. to tell me about it. <laughs> uh, then in. It, there's this like this one quote in 1774 in the Westmoreland magazine they refer to a namby pamby duke so it's like it's getting used yeah, now yeah. in different ways it's getting so, around yeah it's getting around so the m interesting thing about um, Phillips Ambrose is that uh, he was socially unpopular uh, not only because of uh, the bad poetry right um, he ref he kept being referred to as a broken love promise well, in so print. <laughs> what? Like that's how he was. Another shitty poem from a broken yeah, love a broken promise, love Ambrose promise. Phillips. Like, could you imagine this guy walking around and be like, ugh, my life is a broken <laughs> love promise. Shut like, up. Shut up. It's all the other poets over at the bar. You know, he's making other Ambroses look bad because that's yeah. a great first name. Yeah, of course it is. Oh my God. I know. He's, don't just because your name's Ambrose doesn't mean that you're Nambi Pam. No, okay, doesn't. Um, they said he was pretty unattractive, uh, and the quote is of lean make and pale complexion, and all of five feet seven inches high. Oh, uh, I was gonna say like Ichabod Crane from the Legend of Sleepy Hollow cartoon, but he looks tall to me. Yeah, he does look tall. But this guy, there's a there was a there was like a carving of him, like this little yeah, yeah. carving of his profile. Yeah, and he was like totally bald, thin neck, like he looked like shriveled kind nice. of, and so I could see why people don't like him. Right. You know, his his uh his father and grandfather were probably those piss bucket guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They're like, I I was born weak from all the ammonia. <laughs> I traveled the Great Piss River. The Great Piss River. <laughs> Papa was very proud, right? All right, Dad? Ambrose, shut up and drink your pee. <laughs> Go choke on your piss, Ambrose. <laughs> All right, Mother. All right, Mommy, Wommy. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. <laughs> All right, mommy, mommy. <laughs> oh my! So maybe that's why he talks like that. Because that's yeah, what right. I was getting. All right, at. now we're getting it all, all out there. All right. So I have a couple of fun facts, and uh, you know, so we've been looking up idioms now for a long time, and uh, one of the questions that always still is hard for me to put into words in a way that I feel really like I explained it well is yeah. what is an idiom? Yeah. Because it, it does feel like it's a lot of things. It feels mm -hmm. like idioms are a little nebulous, I feel like. They kind of, there's a little bit. Different, different types of phrases or single yeah. words or it, it, it's like slang versus idiom, like that kind of stuff. Sure, you know, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of a big bubble. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I learned about that this Namby Pamby is a certain type of idiom. It's called a, uh, or maybe I should just say a, a certain specific type of phrase, which is called a reduplication mm. uh, phrase. Yeah. which I never really heard of before. But it is what it sounds like. So it's when, you, um, it's when you form English words by duplicating or repeating certain sounds, such as okie-dokie, pitter-patter. Winkle-dinkle. Yeah, winkle-dinkle, everyone knows that one. <laughs> the boob tube. The boob tube. You know, that's yeah. a classic. Bees, knees, heebie-jeebies. Yeah. So, so um, this is a helpful little uh, rhetorical yeah, device. I just feel like this is uh, one of those subcategories. Mm -hmm. Like we can put it in, you know, like yeah, we yeah. talked about Cockney stuff. You know, this is so we now have a reduplication phrase. And it feels section. Good. It feels <laughs> like I feel like we're starting to really figure out what the hell an idiom is, you know? The pillars of a idiom. A idiom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, and in in this uh, set of reduplication phrases, there's three different types of those. Okay. You have an exact, a rhyming, and an oblot. <laughs> okay. All right. So this isn't an exact. So it's a right. rhyming. It's a rhyming. Okay. Because the exacts are just, they just double it. Like blah, blah, night, night, pee, yeah. pee. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Kid stuff. Yeah. Then there's the rhyming, which is hocus pocus, jeepers creepers, and don't forget mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. He's back one. again. Of course. And then the oblaut is when you just shift the vowel. Mm. So you get your like ding dong, ping pong, zigzag. Um, so you're just, you're just changing the vowel. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. I see. 
So that's great. That's thought, really good information. That's useful for all the nerds out there. Yeah, for next time you want to do some literary analysis on a poem of yeah. your choosing. Yes, you, know, you could look for examples of this. Yes, and write in. <laughs> and you could write in, tell us all about, it and <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll we'll throw your letter away. Right, we'll burn it right in the fire. We'll, we'll draw chains on it and put it in a box <laughs> and under Roger, Ryan's dad's bed. Uh, we will do that if, if you. If, you, if um, anyone writes us, if anyone sends us their annotated poem in search of reduplication and you send us that to our address we will put chains on it lock it up in a box hide it under my dad's bed that is gonna be and we will document funny so if anyone if anyone out there is bold enough the first 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 comfort sir i'd like them to be from england well yeah that would be that would be extra good because there's been a lot of this has been a very english episode yeah well it's gonna it's about to get a little more english oh and I'm going to go back to something that I'm so excited that you said earlier in the show. And it was Winkle a little, dinkle? And it was a little, uh, what's the word? Synchronicitized? A little kismet. Synchronicity? I want to talk about Drop Dead Fred. Whoa. What are the odds? I, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't is, think we That remember. is coincidental. Yes. Yeah. So you had mentioned that earlier about how the mom puts him in the jack in the box. Right. And, you know, hides him away and all that stuff. Yeah. But, so Drop Dead Fred is... Still, arguably, one of my favorite movies of all time. Sure. It has been for I, I like I watched it as a kid. I probably shouldn't have watched it as such yeah. a young kid, but no panties. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh, I know. I didn't get the eyes, <laughs> but uh, you know. So I watched that show a lot when I was a kid. That movie a lot, and I remember the scene where um, Phoebe Cates is it Cates? Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. right? She uh, she has to go to the child psychologist yeah. and they're in the waiting room and then Fred looks around and he sees all the other um, imaginary friends. Oh my God. And he's uh, like, yo guys. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all start like carrying and on. No one can see any of the other imaginary friends right. but everyone sees their own individual ones celebrating. Yes. Yeah. And the, the one part Phoebe Kate's like, Fred, what are you doing? He's like, I'm playing with my <laughs> friends. <laughs> like they're all just... Wow. It's great. What a goofy movie. Oh so my God. Good. It's so good. Actually, Tommy had brought up that he was doing, he was trying to, for a project, go to the Drop Dead Fred house. Oh, so it was cool. like, it's been on my mind. Yeah, yeah. And when I, when I saw Namby Pamby, uh, the reason that, it, that that lightning bolt to the head from my childhood was that one of Drop Dead Fred's friends is named yeah, Namby Pamby. I remember now. And we have. Um, we have Nami Pammy, who was the only female. She okay. was kind of like a fairy princess kind of sure, thing. Sure, yeah, I remember. And he's like, and he, well, and let me tell you his other friends' names. There's Go to Hell Herman, who is really wild looking. He's got like a cape and a flame right, head. Right. Uh, Velcro head. Yeah. Which is a pretty cool character. He's got like his ear and like some other yeah, right. things like all up on his head. Uh, and then there was this guy named Braggy, who it seems like they don't really like him as much because he's kind of annoying. He's like wearing this weightlifter thing. He's kind of fat and bald. He's got a <laughs> he's got a balloon. Yeah. Um. So at one so he does this trick to Fred. He goes here, F- Fred. You want a balloon? And he goes to take it. It's like <laughs> it flies away. And Fred says, "Oh, that's so namby pamby." <laughs> and then that's when she's she like, "You called?" Yeah, and she yeah. comes down the steps. So. Oh man! I've been thinking about that. It's just one of those recurring thoughts I've had my entire life about, yeah. about that word. Wow, that's um, great! What a great connection. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to put that out there for a reason. Now I can't wrap the thought up. I thought the reason—that's the end of the thought. Right? I know. I felt like I had something else and, to say though. Oh, but I guess I don't. Well, I'd like just to say that um, Drop Dead Fred was in The Young Ones, and there's no way they didn't say take the piss that's, on The Young Ones. That's a place where I feel I've been watching The Young Ones last year a lot. I got I got into it for the first time. Yeah. Um, Timmy was always telling me to watch it, and it is crazy brilliant, and yeah. it's one of the two things that, uh, I don't even know the actor's name, uh, that plays Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. And unfortunately, he died a couple years ago, and I, I he was one of those people that if like, I would have really, really liked to meet him. Mm-hmm. I know it would have been hard, but I think it could have been, I think it could have happened. Well, if any of our listeners are like related to him or have met him, you know, send us, send us an email. Yeah, I'd like to shake the hand of the person who shook his That's hand. as close as you can get. That'd be great. Maybe we can um, pay our respects at his grave on our England tour. Yes. Yes. That would be great. All right, good. Let's I do that. I would definitely do that. All right. I'm probably going to cry. I'm crying thinking about it. 
Well, you know what? At least there's still Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Right? If we, we can maybe can't, somehow meet I him. I cannot imagine him giving us the time of day, but... I know. That's why we... You guys, you need to make this this podcast more popular. Just go tell all well, your Maybe we need to do a better friends. job. <laughs> we need to do a better job? Maybe. maybe I think I feel like we're trying hard. Okay. But we can always try harder. Harder. Right. Here, okay. Right, right. Um, well, as far as Nambi Pammy goes, that is a wrap. <laughs> You know what that means. The countdown has begun. Oh we have got God. to get out of here before we are killed. Uh, listen, check us out on Instagram. Share share your favorite episode with 10 people. Yeah. Subscribe. Um, and then also... Oh, yeah. What else? Uh, send us an email at don'tbeanonymous.gmail.com. And don't forget to go to uh, the band camp. Band camp. Band camp. Yeah. If you want to listen to our music or order a postcard or... Oh, my God. We got to get out of here. Michael. Uh, until next time, do, do not, not be an, an idiot. idiot. Bye. Good morning, Vietnam. It's really nice to meet you. So the boys. Gonna put on a jungle parade with the boys in my platoon. So the boys. How do you hold this gun? It's heavy and it stinks. So the boys. I wanna be the flag holder guy. I'd be perfect, don't you think? So the boys. What's going on over here? Is it a war? It's so loud. Sewing up the boys. What's that noise over there? Is it a bomb? Oh wow! Sewing up the boys. The boys are looking down in the dumps. You hear the moans from a mile away. Sewing up the boys. But they're never gonna get me down. I just stitch all the live long day. Sewing up the boys.